the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. One voice united we stand. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth, give you the facts, because we want you to be better informed and inspired to help make this a better USA. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jimmy Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman, how you doing? Magnificent, my friend, except most of my football teams lost this weekend. Uh, These things happen, yes, I understand. I'm, I'm trying to get over this, all right? Well, but your team could have played the Patriots, and then it was over before the game started. So. <laughs> exactly. So, in a way, so we got to get back to the more interesting things politically, and let's start with the debate that's coming up. Yeah, we got two debates this week, actually. We got one tomorrow for the Republicans in Milwaukee. Uh, obviously, in the aftermath of it was just a little uh, less than two weeks ago, we had that CNBC debate and the debacle that ensued there with the complaints of media bias. I would think it will be a little different tomorrow with the, the Wall Street Journal and the Fox Business Network. In fact, I, I would sort of think that the Fox Business Network would take the opportunity to tweak CNBC, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, certainly, what's happened in the polls since the last debate and we've seen it in a new CNN poll from Iowa that came out today. Again, the the race seems to have separated itself, Herman, with Trump and Carson 1-2, you know, depending on who's ahead, who's behind there. And then Rubio and Cruz, you know, 3-4 in that second group. And then Jeb Bush has really dropped back with everybody else in this latest CNN poll in Iowa. He's at 5%, well, way down with uh, Fiorina and the others. And so you look at it there and you wonder... What has everybody got to try to achieve? You know, again, everybody's got a different game plan. Jeb Bush's game plan two weeks ago was to attack Marco Rubio right off the bat, and that just sort of fell with a big thud, don't you oh, think, Kermit? yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so you would you would have to think, he's not going to do that again, is he? Now, Bush is doing an event this afternoon in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, the home to Scott Walker, the governor. Now, I don't think anybody's going to get an endorsement or anything like that, but it is sort of interesting that those two people are appearing together. Marco Rubio's also got a rally going on outside of Milwaukee as well this afternoon. So people getting ready for the debate, and we'll have to see. At the end of the week, the Democrats are going to have a debate on Saturday night in Des Moines. It'll be their final debate in Iowa before the February 1st caucuses. And think about it. Well, we've got eight on the main stage for the Republicans, four in the pre-debate. That's a dozen people still, even though we've weeded out a few. And the Democrats are down to only three. They're just going to have Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Martin O'Malley on the stage. That's all they're going to have for this next debate. And certainly uh, O'Malley, that gives him – the opportunity will be there for him to try to make a mark. Uh, But definitely since that last debate in Vegas for the Democrats, their very first one, Hillary Clinton seems to have really sort of taken command of the Democratic race. I don't think O'Malley had a strategy. I believe he could have separated himself, gotten some more attention – but I don't think he had a convincing strategy to stand out there 
on the same stage with Hillary and Bernie. So he blew that opportunity. I agree. He gets that opportunity again Saturday night. He gets a mulligan, doesn't he, in a yes, sense? Yes, he gets a mulligan. Because he's still hanging in there. Yeah, now he's still at zeros and ones in the latest yeah. polls and everything like that. So that's not exactly yeah. what you want to see as one of his supporters or anything. Let me see what the, the latest CNN Iowa poll had. Hillary Clinton, 55. Sanders, 37. O'Malley, 3. Yes. So that's not exactly, um, shall we say, stalking the leaders or anything like that. <laughs> And, you know, O'Malley had a couple chances, I thought, in that first debate to really say something and to hammer both Clinton and Sanders. And it reminded me sort of of Tim Pawlenty four years ago that got up to the edge and then sort of pulled back and softened uh, what he was saying. So we'll see what O'Malley decides to do. I would have to say this, Herman, if you're not going to make a mark in this debate then, you know, you really raise questions about whether you should even be mentioned, I think, in the race at this point in time. Now, you and I and Bortz are going to be together Saturday night. That's right. We? So I, I figured in uh, in Neil's uh, in Neil's green room, we'd have the Democratic debate on and have him live <laughs> blogging it or live tweeting it. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. Again, we'll, it does, we'll it, all be tweeting. It does raise the, the whole issue, though, of having a debate on a Saturday night during college football season. Yes. Uh, now, I know that maybe the same audience won't sort of go between but you'd have to think that if there were a republican debate on a saturday night there would still be some people that would say well wait a second i, I i'm going to watch my team or i'm going to be doing i'm going to be out with friends or something like that so we'll see what the debate numbers look like for the democrats certainly i would expect donald trump to talk today and maybe even mention tomorrow his uh, saturday night live appearance and the uh, the big ratings that he got there i'm not sure that's a game changer or anything in terms no. of going forward but again it's part of the trump sort of show persona that he's gotten people interested and gets a lot of attention and certainly it can't be discounted who's hosting the democrat debate saturday uh, night? cbs is doing it. cbs cbs yes you know that thud you mentioned earlier relative to o'malley yes uh, <clears throat> i don't mean to be pessimistic or anything but uh Let's just see how many folk actually want to tune into that debate on no, Saturday. No, listen, I, I think it's a very good point. It's a va valid point as to uh, as to numbers. Remember, the first CNN debate uh, for the Democrats got pretty good numbers, as I remember. I don't yep. remember off the top of my head, but it got pretty good numbers. But that was on a Tuesday night. So this one's on a Saturday night. CBS and the Des Moines Register are the ones who are sponsoring. And then the next Democratic debate, ABC is doing that along with WMUR, the big TV station in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. But as we've talked about, that's the Saturday before Christmas. Oh, on the 19th goody. of December at night. And so you'd have to assume that one won't get the biggest ratings either. You know, do you get the impression that maybe the Democrats don't want a lot of people watching these debates if they're the Democrat debates? I'm just saying, Jamie, you don't have to agree. I'm just saying that if, if I'm running the show, we're not having a debate on a Saturday night or a Sunday night no. or a Friday night. Oh, and let's make things better. Let's do it before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the Saturday before, yeah. So. Unbelievable. But now, the whole Trump thing... I saw the first opening segment, and it, you know, it wasn't all that interesting. But uh, I don't. It wasn't bad, but it didn't have no. that. It, it's not like I don't think everybody's coming to work today. Oh my God, did you see that Trump segment, or did you no. see that skit? There weren't any of those. Uh, but again, to me, it's publicity and PR. It, it can be even bad PR sometimes is good for you. Uh, I, I just think it was all a win for Trump. Does it make a long-term impact? Uh, I'm not so sure. I don't agree either. Uh, the forensic analysis continues on this Russian jetliner, and more and more of the officials are saying that they think it was a bomb, and even they are now even in, suggesting that it was an ISIS-planted bomb. Yeah, I, I spoke with a senior administration official in the intelligence community, and uh, the, the thought is this. They, they're sort of 
thinking, they're, the signs are pointing that way to they think it was a bomb, but they haven't been able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together to definitively say that's what it is. So they, the U.S. understands, though, why the Brits, for example, would freak out and say, okay, we got to get all of our people out of there, and why the Russians would stop their, their plane flights and more. And so that's understandable. I mean, the, the difference is, is that we don't have a, any direct plane flights from Sharm el-Sheikh to the U.S., so we don't have to worry about that directly. Now, the fact that the Russians have agreed to allow the FBI to help out, that to me is a huge signal. I mean, you wouldn't think that the Russians would want any help in terms of the investigation of what brought this Russian plane down. So that, again, to me, is another signal that uh, people do believe is a bomb. But again, the, the word from the intelligence community right now is they still don't have all the pieces to definitively say, yes, that, that's what happened. I've often said that there are two things that the rest of the world cares about relative to the United States in terms of being our friend, our military might and the economic impact. If Russia gets the reputation that you cannot trust flying on a Russian airliner, into Russia, that's not good for business. No, no, so, it, yeah, no, yeah. not good for business. And so they're basically saying, "Hey, we'll take the American help if in this particular case, because they might be able to help us bust this thing wide open. And if they can bust it wide open and reestablish or put in some measures to reassure people that it's okay to fly on airlines." Uh, planes that are headed into Russia, that's what they're trying to do with this. No, and it's a big deal, too, with the whole question of the reach of the Islamic State. Was this their group, or did they bring in some others? No, this this could be a big, big deal, because obviously, since 9-11, there have been attacks, uh, but this would, I think, elevate the Islamic State above al-Qaeda, for sure. Yeah, it... I'm having a hard time imagining how they're going to tie back to ISIS, other than ISIS has claimed to have been the culprit, but to... You know, confirm there was a bomb and maybe get some other things and maybe they can track track it back to some of the types of bombs. How did they get it on there? Because yep, that's one exactly of, what yeah, they're looking at. That's what they're looking at. Uh, Rubio and him filing this Florida GOP credit card report. Do you believe it, there's any there there? Well, let's just say I think that uh, Rubio's people should thank Ben Carson for all the troubles that he's been having the last couple of days because I think it totally overshadowed and and took the and really took the air out of that story. There's been always been all this talk and there's been stories out there uh, that Rubio ran up all this these charges that were personal on his credit card and now the story comes out and sort of like uh, what we talked about the uh, earlier with it landing like a thud. It just sort of landed, and it almost seems like it's over. Uh, Marco Rubio has had a an interesting run here, and watching him bubble up in the polls along with Ted Cruz, I think a lot of people here are really starting to wonder whether Rubio and Cruz is the real fight that we should watch, Herman, that maybe they're the ones longer term that might be in the driver's seat for the GOP nomination. Now, on Carson... I thought this was sort of interesting yesterday. Ben Carson was down in Puerto Rico, and he was at a rally, used a rally to make clear that he was for statehood for Puerto Rico, which is a big deal down there if you're not familiar with it. It pops up every once in a while nationally in the U.S. Ronald Reagan supported the idea of Puerto Rican statehood back in the 1980 race and while he was president. But it's it's taken a, some twists and turns from there. Jeb Bush has said he's for it. Marco Rubio has sort of said, well, he'd like to have a vote, uh, but if that's what they want, that'd be fine. And, you know, this is a big deal when you think about it, if you were to allow Puerto Rico to become the 51st state, because they've got all the debt problems down there, all the issues that are going down financially. But then if you have to make room for what, almost four million people, that, that would be about five or six members of the House of Representatives, 
which conceivably many believe might all be Democratic seats, so you can understand why the Republicans might not be thrilled about it. But, uh, Carson, uh, you know, that's one of those issues that you sort of look at and you think, wow, one of the many different things that can play a role in this race. Estado 51, as he said yesterday for Puerto Rico. But the thing about Puerto Rico is that my understanding is that it's sort of like a catch-22. They get some advantages by not being a state. That you are go, correct. That go back to uh, the fact that we had military bases there back during World War II. But I don't understand uh, some of the tax implications. And the other thing is they got a lot of poor people there who would immediately qualify for some of our social programs. No, there, there's, look, there would be a big, uh, there would be a big financial implication, yes, in several different ways. And so I don't think anything's going to get solved on it. Again, we've been uh, going back and forth on this for 30, 40 years, but just one of those many things when you get in the race for president, as you well remember, Herman, that you have to weigh in on as a presidential candidate. Yes. I couldn't even say what my favorite sandwich was. 